So let's begin uh, today where we've been beginning, and that is Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. We're talking about the miracle life and um, living the life of Christ. Acts chapter 1 was written uh, by Luke. He also wrote, wrote the Gospel of Luke. And here, this is his second letter that he wrote, which is hidden in my Bible. The former letter have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. When they were therefore come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive, that your word penetrates through uh, the thoughts uh, that are in our mind, that your word penetrates through all the troubles and uh, anxieties that try to come, that your word is alive and living and ever-powerful, that your word comes into us to the deepest part of our being of who we are and makes changes and allows us to experience your very life and your very nature. As we look at your word today, Father, we thank you for teaching us, speaking through me, giving us light and revelation and understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week we talked about uh, what does response mean? Seven things that stimulate our response. Seven verbs that mean response. You know, when we're looking at the Gospels, I think every Christian, maybe we should have like an action word every week. Because many times uh, we can get into like a college lecture class where the only person doing anything is the person in the front. And we're just listening to this lecture. Well, I have to tell you, the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in their midst. So right now in our midst around us is... God himself, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I think, you know, uh, you ever heard Smith Wigglesworth said, God will pass over a thousand people just to get to one person that's in faith. I think that the Lord, when we meet together, he comes and, of course, he lives inside of us. But he's there expecting us to step out in faith, expecting us to act in faith, expecting us to act like what we're hearing of the word is actually true. And I think he's a little disappointed when we just kind of sit there and, I'll look at you guys, uh, when we just kind of sit there and, you know, like, I like how T.L. would say it, we go ho-hum. Like, oh yeah, I've heard that before, that's this, that's that. Scripture that the Lord dealt with me when I was first training for ministry uh, with, about and that continually comes up is Hebrews chapter 2, that you don't want to let the things that you've heard slip out, you know. Give, pay extra close attention to those things. 
And I don't know about you, but I've been around sometimes a new believer or maybe somebody that, you know, I was born again for years, not filled with the Holy Spirit, and then got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I always, you know, I enjoyed my Bible, but it came so alive when I got filled with the Spirit. And I was, I, I like, didn't want to put it down. And I, I really uh, just really ate and ate and ate the Word. And, uh, but sometimes... You can have someone that's newly born again, newly filled with the Spirit, and they're so excited about these truths, and you can sit there and think, are you seeing, seeing something I'm not seeing? And you're like, I remember being like that, and you kind of catch yourself like, oh, I haven't paid extra attention to the things that I've already seen and heard. And I notice when we uh, open our hearts to receive from the Word of God by the Holy Spirit, that those words have greater depth and greater depth and greater depth and greater depth. And many times uh, we don't approach the word the way that we can receive. Jesus said, uh, you know, be careful how you hear. So how are we hearing? Are we hearing, like I mentioned last week, uh, Brother Hagin would open so many meetings with, Lord, we approach your word reverently, and he's from Texas, so he said, and humbly. I'm from the north, so I said humble, but I think it's supposed to be silent. <laughs> but we approach your word with reverence and with humility, meaning I revere this as this is God speaking to me. And when I'm ministering, this is God speaking to you or whoever you're ministering to. This is God speaking. I'm repeating his words. I was telling my wife, uh, a couple days ago, uh, we were praying with the kids, and I said, isn't it, like, think about this. By the blood of Jesus, we take that blood because Christ first took his blood into not a man-made temple, but the temple in heaven, the heavenly holy of holies. He took his own blood, and he entered in and offered it one time for all. So that we could come, like Hebrews tells us, by his blood into the presence of God. And when we come there, I can come into the presence of God. And I think, you know, it says no man can look upon his face and live. You know, and uh, was it Moses got to see his back parts, just got to see his back parts. And Moses' face shone just from being in the presence of God. So when we come into the presence of God by the blood of Jesus, uh, you know, I've, been, I've told a couple people here that I've been studying on the, uh, the temple and the temple at the time of Christ, and I've shown some people some pictures, and probably once we have our big launch, we'll put some graphics and that stuff up because I think it's so vivid and it's, it's kind of, uh, it's fun really to learn and see, but you see how ornate the temple was and how large it was. And this is a type and shadow of the real. It's like the earthly temple. And I know people that have gone to heaven, had visions of heaven, they, just how they describe and how the angels' wings cover their eyes and they say, holy, 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 holy is the Lord. And you see this uh, picture of what it's like in the throne room of God. And then to realize that the blood of Jesus gives us access to that. And so what I said to my wife was, I said, how awesome is it that we can come into the presence of God himself? And you picture this marvelous chamber 
where the center of the power of the universe and the center of the one true God where he is at, and you can speak your children's name before him. And you say like, you know, Evie, Isaac, Daniel, Joel, KJ, Flynn, Isabella, like you speak those. I just, it just came as a, you know, a moment of flash of revelation to me this week because I was meditating on it. And then I thought, not only does God get to hear the words of your children, but it's not like going into the president's Oval Office and speaking that word. I mean, the president doesn't really have direct power to affect your children. He maybe get a political connection, you know, depending on the age of your children. Maybe they could get a job or something like that. But God himself is interested in your children and my children. God himself uh, wants us to come into his presence and call out their name. Because just like we were reading in the, in the time of giving, many times we find ourselves saying all kinds of things about maybe our finances or our housing situation or our children. And the Lord's just looking for an opportunity to act to all that power he has to channel it in your direction or to channel it in the direction of your children or channel it in the direction of your city or your finances or your friends. The Lord's looking for an opportunity to channel it. And the life of God is really living in the love of God. And when you live the love of God, there's such power. God loved so much, he gave. He gave Christ. Our flesh wants to say, you spit on me, I'm going to spit on you. Uh, You left me when I needed you, I'm going to not be there when you need me. That's what your flesh wants to do. Uh, But that's not what Christ wants to do. And that's not what God wants to do. And um, he wants to say, you know what? You may have messed up 50 times today. (laughs) But my mercy is new every morning. I'm right here for you. And if we're going to be Christ in the earth, if people come in contact with us and they're going to say, wow, these people are different, what does the Bible say that, that how will people know us? By our love. And, you know, that's not our natural human love. That's the love that we got from God that's been put in our hearts in full abundance, shed abroad, the King James says. The love of Christ has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The love that says, I'm going to leave my position of all of this majesty and glory and power for people that have cursed me, for people that have hated me, for people that are going to physically kill me. I'm going to give that up and I'm going to come down and I'm going to be with them. And that's where when all that Jesus began to do and to teach he said, no, this is a new way to God. They said, well, like, you know, let's stone this woman. She was caught in the very act of adultery. Let's, let's stone her. Let's get rid of her. And, but what does love say? Who's, how about the, the one that's never messed up? How about you start by throwing the first stone? So, I mean, we, we isolate the scriptures a lot of times, and we just look at, well, yeah, she committed adultery, but what about mistakes that you have made or I have made or our friends have made? And then we want to, like, you know, how, how could you do that? How dare you do that, you know? Uh, and it's amazing to me that sometimes uh, 
the most hateful words that you can hear can be spoken by someone that claims Christ. Now, we all make mistakes and, you know, uh, live in the flesh, so we get in the flesh. Sometimes we uh, give our bodies um, more control or, you know, really, this is not a study in the flesh, but flesh is, flesh is more than your body. It's called sarks, and it has a lot to do with these evil motivations, desires, and wrongful things. Uh, so it, it, it has to do with a lot more than just our bodies, although our bodies many times are, are affected by it. But all that Jesus began to do and to teach, so he started showing something new. Because people said, you know, hey, we, they didn't heal anybody before. We've seen religious people before. But nobody ever acted like this, like they didn't heal anybody. And I think, think of what did the Pharisees do? I mean, what were they doing? They're trying to catch Jesus. Like their goal is, I want to prove you wrong. So if we ever find in ourselves like, well, I'm going to prove this person wrong or, you know, some people with a, a great justice type of personality, well, it's not just, it's not right. You know what? It's not just, it's not right that you're born again and going to heaven yeah. or that I am. It's called the love of God. And so uh, we have to put our personality aside and put our flesh aside and put the reasonings in our mind aside and really uh, get our mind renewed with the word of God and act on the Bible. Yeah. Like what if the Bible was true? What would you do? Yeah. I think of, um, I was thinking this morning and a little bit yesterday, I think about uh, Paul Young Cho and South Korea. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know, maybe I should preach like he preached when he started because he just preached with his eyes closed because he's like, I see, I see like 2,000 people. I see this many people. Because why? We walk by faith and not by sight. And you could kind of extrapolate that out. We walk by uh, doing what the Bible says is true because we believe it's true because God's not a liar, not by what we feel like, not by what uh, our flesh wants, not by what uh, the standard we've learned from school or from the world. We walk by faith. We walk uh, not with our senses and not responding to our senses, but from another world. Our home is not here. Our home is heaven. We're actually um, aliens from another land that have come. And uh, people said, like, your body's your earth suit. So we're here in this earth suit. And, uh, you know, like the guy in outer space that has, like, this space suit and the the tank gets disconnected in these movies, you know, and he's like flying around because all of a sudden this air is pushing him around. I guess it's not air. Maybe it is air in outer space. I've never been there. And, uh, but he's so affected by what his spacesuit is doing where if he stays connected to the ship and uh, where he's supposed to be, he moves and the spacesuit moves with him. But if you get, lose that connection, uh, you know, like we learn in John, the, the vine, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abides in me bears fruit. I was um, traveling a lot right now, so I typically mow my lawn on Saturdays. I was mowing my lawn yesterday, and as I'm mowing the lawn, uh, it's cutting the grass. And the grass is probably cutting like six inches off the grass because it's been a little while <laughs> in different places. Some places shorter, some places taller. But anyhow, it's cutting the grass. And this grass is like green and vibrant, and I guess it's probably been raining here. Uh, because I was gone most of the week. But uh, 
it's green and vibrant. Well, man, it takes me about two and a half hours, maybe three, depending on how the, how the lawnmower works, <laughs> to mow the lawn. And um, after about, I would say, 30 minutes of where I was, maybe even less, this grass that was so green and lush and, uh, uh, what do you call it, sticking up was like starting to be crumbly and lifeless, just laying on the ground. And as I was mowing, I, uh, I thought about that scripture, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me will bear much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. The vine. And I thought, like, without the connection, just a piece of grass, without that connection to the root, to the vine, it just began withering right away. Yeah. It's like gone. And, um, <clears throat> you know, our bodies are similar. Your body without your spirit's dead. Yeah. I remember when Brother Hagin went to heaven, and uh, <clears throat> we were uh, on staff at the ministry then, traveling with him, and when we... Uh, went to the, the viewing, had the viewing in the RMA, and, um, you know, Brother Hagen's body was so affected by his spirit, because I've seen people his age that have passed on to heaven and left their body, and man, Brother Hagen's body, not to be too uh, detailed, but it decayed so fast, like immediately it almost didn't even look like him, and it was just very, very similar to that grass that I saw yesterday, where all of a sudden it was like, I know that was connected just like 30 minutes ago, and now it's all crunchy and crumbly and, you know, wilted looking, you know, how, how that, how that uh, look is. So we're the same way. If we abide in him um, and his words abide in us, we'll ask what we will and it'll be done. And we abide in him and that life flows into us and flows through us. Uh, <clears throat> faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's a play on the words in the Greek. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And then uh, Ephesians 6.18 says, be being filled with the Spirit. Yeah. So I was, uh, I don't know what I was doing. <clears throat> I was running or driving or, anyhow, I was doing something this past week or the week before. I'm a bivocational pastor right now, so I have a lot going on. So, uh, I was going, and all of a sudden, I just kind of had this imagination, uh, not really from the Lord, just I was just thinking about this, uh, could be connected from the Lord, but uh, not a vision, you know, like, <laughs> don't want to give anybody the wrong impression, and I thought about these cargo ships, these big cargo ships, and um, must have been after I was flying, because I flew over uh, Detroit, and you see the river there, and it's right on the border of Canada, and you see these cargo ships, and they get loaded down, and like all of this, maybe they're loaded down with grain, or maybe they're loaded down with all of this oil, or whatever the product might be, but you can watch, and they put this big, on the, particularly the ones with grain, they put this big arm out over this huge cargo ship, and they're filling it up, filling it up, filling it up, and it starts to sink deeper and deeper into the water, and uh, I thought, I was thinking about that scripture, and I thought, now, if I saw that, I would say that's being filled. Yeah. And I thought, now, the, the Bible says, be being filled. So, to, speaking, be being filled, speaking. So, does that mean, like, the cargo ship, you know, you see all this grain pouring down and coming in, and it's coming in, it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and then it gets full, and they don't want to sink it. <laughs> so, they move it out of the way, and then now it's full. Yeah. That's not what the Bible says. Don't get full. 
You will be full if you're being filled. But it says, be being filled. So you position yourself in that constant state of this supply coming in. It's it's a constant supply coming in. A lot of times things like in the world, interactions, different things that you need to have uh, can really drain you and sap you. And so we want to stay full of the Word and full of the Holy Spirit. That's one thing I love about Stephen, a man full of the faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Well, how do you get full of faith? Man, you're constantly feeding on the Word, constantly eating the Word, receiving the Word. Um, And then, like I was going to say earlier, you have great men of God like Smith Wigglesworth. And he said in his book, Ever Increasing Faith, one of my favorite quotes from him, he said, I'd rather have someone that's not full of the Holy Spirit but hungry for the things of God than to have someone that's full of the Holy Spirit and not hungry for the things of God. Of course I'd rather have both. That was his quote. And I thought, that is so good. Because when you approach the Word of God with hunger, and you approach the prayer with hunger, uh, time with God, the things of God with that hunger, man, you can, you can just bust through all kinds of demonic forces, all kinds of reasonings, all kinds of uh, difficulties, because you're hungry, and you want to be fed. And when you approach the Word of God with that hunger, you will be fed. It'll come right into you. And um, I like how Brother Osborne mentions, he says, you know, we pour over these words that are from God. Just pour over them and let them, you know, come alive in you. I'm really paraphrasing how he says it, you know. But um, you're pouring over the scriptures and looking and seeing, that's me. I know Melody has a testimony. I'm sure she'll give it sometime, but I think it was when she was in India. And in Luke, where Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. And she was reading that, and it kind of came up in her spirit, like, that's you. And she thought, the thought came, well, that's, that's about Jesus. How, that can't, that must be a wrong spirit. Or I mean, she wasn't that, that's how I'm describing it. But your flesh kind of recoils from that. Like, no, that's Christ. But uh, the whole point of him coming was, no, that's us. That the spirit of the Lord is upon you and upon me uh, to preach deliverance to the captive recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So what happens is we're faith people. We're a faith church. And so we believe in God and we believe in faith. And we love Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, 25. We love the whole word of God. Mark eleven twenty two 22 says, um, have faith in God. You could say have the faith of God. Have faith in God. Answer to like any situation that we could face. Have faith in God. And when we are speaking to people, we're talking about living the life of Christ. And, you know, Christ did miracles uh, outside the synagogue, in the synagogue, uh, in the cities and villages, in the towns around. And I remember Brother Hagin talking about, you know, talking about gifts of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit are all in the body of Christ. They weren't given at that time and then taken away. They are here today, available today. But they don't have to show up in the place you're meeting for church. Whether you own a church building or like us right now, you're renting a place. Uh, The temple of God is our spirits. And our spirits are in our bodies. So you are the temple of God. Uh, So people like want to give all of this reverence to a building 
it'd be nice if we'd give all that reverence to a body where Christ dwells inside. Because uh, many times we won't eat right, we won't uh, exercise right, we won't sleep right. Uh, people get into sexual sin, all kind of different things. And uh, it's not a point of judgment, but it's a point where the Spirit of God dwells in you and in me. And uh, the Bible says we're not our own. We were bought with a price. So we don't even like own our body. The Lord owns our body. And it's not really up to us uh, what we're going to do with it. Uh, we're supposed to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are the Lord's. So we take everything that we have and we glorify him. So if we're hungry and if we're thirsty for the word, it's going to have uh, a greater effect. It'll be more alive to us and we'll take it in. And then when we're talking to other people, we're ministering to other people, uh, we're faith people, and we're doing it in faith. What does that mean? Well, I enjoyed when I went with um, another ministry that was here in town and uh, to do some evangelism with them, and the, the guy teaching, he said it really, really well. He said, when you're going out witnessing to people, tell them about Jesus Christ. Uh, I'll paraphrase him a little bit. What are you thinking? I'm going to go talk to you, tell you about Jesus, and um, I'm nervous that you're going to say no. Well, no, we, we want to find scriptures that cover our case. So what did Jesus say? The fields are white already into harvest. Yeah. The, the harvest is huge, plentiful, but the laborers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send more laborers into his harvest. He actually didn't say, pray that more people will be ready to receive Christ. He kind of said like, Everybody's ready already. Pray that more people will go out. Pray that more people will be sent. And um, to proclaim, to preach, uh, just to, to tell people. So when we go, we go, and I'm just talking, this is a small example, but we say, when I'm telling people, God's not mad at you, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, God loves you. He's already made you right with him. You don't have to try to get right. You don't have to do all that stuff. I'm expecting they've been waiting their entire life to hear this. They've been waiting their entire life for this very moment. And so what am I saying? We do it in faith. Like we believe what the Bible says. And it's real easy to get intimidated by like people will tell you these stories and, you know, <laughs> I've heard lots of stories. I don't want to repeat them because I don't want to plant those seeds. So you see, words are very important. The words of your mouth are very important. And all God had to start this whole thing was words. That's the power God has, is words. You know, people say, whoa, whoa, that's all the power he has. Well, everything, all of his other power is activated through words. Uh, what uh, the, the fact that we're even here is due to words. The fact that the earth is here is due to words. The fact that the solar system, the stars, the moon, the galaxies is because of God's words. He spoke words. So we speak words. And uh, words are so powerful. I can speak words to you uh, and I can give you the opportunity to have a depressed day or a happy day by words that I speak to you. People can speak all kind of words. 
uh, like, you're fired. Okay, those are two words. But they can alter you. Or um, you're arrested. Uh, people have committed suicide because of those two words or those four words. So, you know, one being you're fired, one being you're arrested. Uh, maybe it's together sometimes. <laughs> but words are powerful. And think, uh, I like to think in, mar- in terms of marriage. And uh, I can say words to my wife or she can say words to me, those that are closest to you, that really affect. You know, you can say a few words and like... Uh, uh, put a stop to a lot of progress that somebody's making, or you can take where somebody's been beaten and battered by words that are coming to their mind, and you can help prop someone up. Yeah. You know, think of your, your children or uh, close friends. You find that words are so powerful. So uh, words are seeds, and you find this, uh, you know, our... our I feel comfortable repeating this because my father of the faith, Brother Hagin, said this, you know. But, uh, you know, we could talk about, my wife's got her mouth covered right now with her hand because I think she's nervous what I'm going to say, but (laughs) we can talk about, like, food. She made great food yesterday. One of my favorite foods is actually a side dish. It's called mashed potatoes or baked potatoes or any kind of potatoes. And so you can think about that and maybe like a juicy steak and I kind of like it medium rare with some red in it and, uh, you know, my preference is just salt and pepper and, um, you know, uh, and then I like desserts, cheesecake, normally like mostly plain cheesecake, sometimes with a little fruit on the side, but if you put it on top, normally I'll push it to the side, I'll eat the cheesecake and have the fruit separate. I, don't, I just like the taste of, of the plain cheesecake. I like flavored cheesecake too, pretty much any dessert. <laughs> Uh, but you see, in talking about food, you start to get a hunger stirred up inside of you. Now she knows what I'm going to say. So you start talking about sexual things, and you start to get aroused. That's how Brother Hagin would say it. I'm just repeating him, okay? Uh, but it's true. You start talking about sexual things, you get aroused. Well, uh, the reason I bring that up is because your words are seeds, and other people's words are seeds. So, for instance, if you have someone that struggles with uh, uh, lust and those type of things, and you just say something that to you, you may not struggle with it, and it's a small, a small thing, um, like even, you know, whatever you want to say, even just the word sex, and somebody that's struggling or whatever, uh, that word is watering a seed that they've already planted, and it's... Um, it's producing after its own kind. And then if you speak words of faith and love over your children or over people, like, you can do this. I know you can do this because God has called you to do this. God has put things in you. God has deposits in you. And you're not going to be where you're at next week, next month, or next year because God is working in you because I know you. And you love God and you follow God. And you may make a small mistake here and there, but the trajectory of your life is all for God. Yeah. Now think when you speak to your children that way or your friends that way or your um, coworkers that may be Christian that way, or you go to non-Christians, we're planting seeds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember Pastor Mark talking about 
a guy that he talked to uh, in a taxi cab, you know, and he's like, you know, the blood of Jesus, you know, because the guy was talking about all this guilty and different things he was, and he's like, you know what, the blood of Jesus just takes every bit of that away so that there's no hint of it. Well, look at those seeds that you're planting. And when we plant gospel seeds, the gospel has the same power contained in the speaking of the gospel when you believe it. So you're the one speaking it, and you, you believe it. So you're talking to this guy in the cab, and you know what? The blood of Jesus completely purges every bit of sin, every bit of mistake, every bit of wrongdoing. And I believe it when I'm speaking it. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is available when I speak that. So the same power. And so I remember uh, another uh, missionary, I guess you could call him a friend. We're not like super close. We don't talk all the time, but we went to the Philippines with a guy named, uh, he's a missionary over there, Paul Chase. And he had come to America. He was in a cab. And there was a Muslim cab driver. And uh, the guy, I think it was, was his arm broken? Uh, he had some issue with his arm. And he basically did the same thing. He's talking about how much God loves, loves them and, uh, you know, died for him. And uh, I think he just put his hand on his shoulder and the guy was instantly healed. Yeah. Well, you're talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And a lot of times when we're talking to other believers, we're not like talking about the gospel. We talk about um, other things, maybe like money and tithing and wonderful things that are all uh, in the word of God. But we're not talking about the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. And then we talk to non-believers and like they have these wonderful miracles. And we're like, whoa, that's awesome. You realize we preach the gospel? We said like, you don't have to stay that way. Because they've been told their whole life they have to stay that way. I, I thought my whole life I have to be uh, in fear of these diseases, that when I get older I'm going to get these diseases, or you know, maybe this is going to happen or that's going to happen. Man, as soon as I found out, I have liberty in Christ because he has redeemed me. And the thoughts of the devil and the traditions of man that said, this is how it works, this is what's going to happen, and all of their research, and thank God for all their research. Uh, but their research... Uh, for most doctors, doesn't include the Word of God. And the Word of God is what formed our bodies. So I'm a source guy. Like, I'm so thankful that we got to uh, be trained by Brother Hagen and, and travel with him and be in his ministry. And, uh, you know, like Smith Wigglesworth, I enjoy Smith Wigglesworth. I wish I personally could have talked to him and at least heard him speak. You know, I, I always look online like, maybe somebody has some recording nobody knows about, but there's, like, pictures of him on a bridge with his family and stuff like that, little videos and stuff, but I, I never heard him speak. But we have the words written down. But I like the source. Like people want to say like, uh, you know, Kenneth Hagin said this, Kenneth Hagin said that. And I was like, okay, you get me the original tape because normally they're going to say something like, he said he's going to live to 120. And I said, okay. I was with him quite a bit and went through a lot of his material because of being at the ministry and then also just on my own. I never heard him say that. Why don't you bring me the, the copy of that? Well, somebody just told me that. Oh, well, who told you that? Well, I'm not sure. Or maybe they're like, oh, yeah, it was so-and-so, but they just heard it too. And I'm like, well, let's find the original source. Yeah. I'm not saying he couldn't have said something like that. It just doesn't, I never, never heard him say anything like that. And um, you find real quick that uh, you like the original source. Yeah. So we're so uh, blessed because we have the Word of God, you know, yeah. the original source. And we can go direct to the Word. And uh, it's, it's just amazing to speak the gospel and to watch it come to pass. And I think in the lives of our lives as believers, if we 
focused more on uh, gospel speaking that we'd find more power. So you want to speak, you know, full of power. So you want to be full of the Holy Spirit. And then you want to preach the gospel because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power. I have to find where I'm at in my notes. I'm not really in my notes. <laughs> I, you know, I'm actually looking for one particular place. It's Hebrews uh, chapter 1, I think, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. I'll just turn over. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews is such a, I really enjoy the book of Hebrews. I think, to me, in a lot of ways, it's a blood book. Who, talking about uh, Jesus, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And I'll just finish out here. I mean, there's so much in that verse. The part I'm going to focus on is, by himself, he purged our sins. So a lot of times we'll talk about uh, we've been forgiven, and we have been forgiven. But really, lest you think I forgot, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's our uh, uh, confession that we've been going over week after week. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're made a new creature when you're born again. I'm made a new creature when I'm born again. I am not a forgiven old creature. Or somebody might say a forgiven sinner. You become a saint of God. You become a brand new creature that never existed before. right with God, as right with God as Jesus Christ himself is. So purge does not mean that covered up. Like somebody could write, perhaps on one of these music stands, some cuss words. And I could paint them over and over and paint them with black. And then if it still didn't go away, I could put maybe gaff tape over it and it would be gone. But what could I do? I could... I want to be good here. <clears throat> I could get with someone that knew how to find the edges of that gaff tape and they could help me peel back the gaff tape so that I could see the past of this pulpit. And they might even tell me, like, if I go see the past of this pulpit, it's really going to help me. And I don't know how that's going to help me. I don't need to go see the past of it. What I want to see the past is the truth. What's the truth of the past of the believer? You look, you see the blood of Jesus. And that blood purges us, we learn here. Purge, it's removed, it's non-existent. Not like, yeah, it happened, it's covered up. No, it doesn't exist anymore. That old man is gone, that old man is dead. 
It's brand new, brand new in Christ Jesus. So, you know, if you, if you buy something that's brand new and it comes and it's scratched or it's dented or it's damaged and you paid a lot of money for it, what are you going to do? I'm going to send it back. Well, you and you don't got a lot. You cost the life of Christ. I cost the life of Christ. And you don't, God doesn't make something that's damaged or dented. The devil does that. And so, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. Jesus by himself purged our sins. He didn't have to have help. He did it himself. I like the scripture, uh, Matthew eight seventeen. himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Himself. He took them on himself. He didn't like delegate it to somebody else. He did it himself. And he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And then we learn in the epistles that we are seated with him in heavenly places. And we, we started out the message today talking about that going into the presence of God. So he went in this heavenly holy of holies, offered his own blood, not someone else's blood, but he took his own blood in. And, you know, the, the priests would always offer the blood of a bull or a goat on behalf of the sins of the people and behalf of their own sins. And Christ took his own blood into the heavenly holy of holies to purge all sins for all time, for all men mankind, I should say, because some people maybe think you're talking about males. <clears throat> but actually in Christ, there is not race and there is not sex. There is no male or female, black, white, red, or yellow. All in Christ are equal, new creatures in Christ. If, <clears throat> let's, let's pray. If you'll stand with me. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for the power in his name. We thank you for his blood. We believe that his blood affects us here today, right now in our lives. Father, we thank you that all of the things that we have messed up uh, before we were born again are wiped out. And Father, we thank you that uh, so wiped out, so annihilated that our sins were paid for before we even existed. So that when we're believers, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse, to remove, to purge. Father, we thank you that you have taken our sins away from us. That even though a picture may come from the devil, that that's non-existent and that Jesus himself took care of it on the cross. And Father, I pray for those that may be uh, listening or here, Father, that don't know you or uh, that have messed up and feel like there is no hope, Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit right now ministering to them. If you're listening to this and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray this prayer with me and mean it from your heart. Man looks at the outside, man looks at appearance, but God is looking at your heart and God is looking at my heart. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. I turn away from my past, from being my own ruler and Lord, and I take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior from this point forward. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, if you just prayed that prayer with us, you are born again. You've been made a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, but you need to behold that all things have become new. And the way that you behold is you get into the Word of God, and you can uh, email us, info at anchordc.org, or you can uh, give us a call or find us online at uh, anchordc.org, and uh, we'd be happy to uh, pray with you and uh, recommend and maybe send you some materials.